Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Again, good morning, beloved friends. It is always a joy to converse with you, you all, as we orient our hearts and minds towards the worship of our God. Here on this third Sunday in January, I hope to journey with you all into the wealth of knowledge that is our Bible and wring out the possible meaning it holds for our lives today. We have the unorthodox opportunity to include a hymn as a piece of our scripture, which is just as sacred as the text is itself. And I hope you can see through my sermon today a perspective that may allow for that to be a possibility. Going in today's text, they're pulled from the lectionary and they offer us a valuable window into the scripture that may otherwise be glazed over or missed. Our first text comes from Jonah, one of the 12 minor prophets of the Hebrew Bible. He's an individual in the Christian Old Testament, but the book tells of a Hebrew prophet named Jonah who is sent by God to prophesy the destruction of Nineveh, but attempts to escape his divine mission. Our second text comes from Paul's first personal letter to the church in Corinth. At face value, it might be hard to interpret the significance of the two texts together, but once we scratch beneath the surface, I believe we can see how these two pieces of story hang together to form a powerful window into a possible truth of the human condition. First is the prophet, Jonah. Aptly, the title prophet is given to Jonah in the Hebrew word meaning navi. Navi means to proclaim, mention, call, or summon in this original Hebrew. Jonah's story then is an example of a calling or a summoning of the will of God to the people of Nineveh. His life contains a message to the stranger. If you were in Will's lesson today, we've seen how this can be misused. But I challenge us to think a little bit differently. In today's scripture, we witness the effects of Jonah's call who he had on another civilization. Second, the text from Paul to the church in Corinth is a controversial message to its core for us today. Paul writes a personal letter as we might write for a dear friend here at Covenant, except we must acknowledge its patriarchal echoes and its marginalization of peoples in its language. We should be careful in our understanding of applying Paul's message without understanding the culture it was written to. The writing style and the directive codes shed light on the reality of Jesus' believers in that context. Today's scripture from Paul summons a message to a friend. Both texts centralize a calling, a prophecy that God's will is at hand in the present and in the future. The first form of a calling is Jonah's embodiment of performance theory. Performance theory, it's an anthropological theory, can be a way of framing objects of study, viewing them as performances, thereby facilitating a new sort of thinking about them. Thus, it can explain how interactions work by, for example, drawing on analogies with theater, 
ritual, ceremony, or play. Jonah serves as a caricature of what it means to embody our beliefs and values in action. Despite his flee from the call of God in his life, he recognized that he couldn't outrun his internal world. Something about doing what is calling to us is both terrifying and awe-inspiring that it carries with it the power of salvation. The Corinthian letter also serves as a prophecy when Paul writes, I mean, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. A preface that looms over a foreshadowed change in the lives of those who are reading the letter. I must admit that I feel a little queasy whenever I hear Paul's writings and they're included in a message. Memories of raptures and altar calls, judgments of worthiness and marginalization of listeners are some of the spirits that still inhabit my memory of listening to this day. Today's sermon isn't about the unwieldiness or the misuse of the scripture, but it is instead, hopefully, pulling us to think differently about what salvation means as a Christian person. First, prophecy. It's a central axiom of a Christian person, the belief that God's will can be understood and interpreted in our lives. Historically, Christians have turned to educators and pastors and faith leaders to divine the will of God in their lives. But never have I heard someone say to me that I have the power and you have the power to interpret what is speaking to yourselves and me in my own life. It can be difficult starting to hear the still small voice that speaks through the voices of so many others who wish to give us advice, warnings, and anxious responses to our questions. God speaks to each of us differently just as Jonah and Paul both heard God speaking to them in different ways in their own time and place. So I ask you today, friends, what is speaking to you? And secondly, asking ourselves what is speaking to us can be understood as a, a prayer. Yes, there is the stereotypical image of a person on their knees with their hands clasped, but prayer doesn't have a prerequisite form or method. As an example, if you sit on the edge of your bed before you sleep and you internally ask yourself, what is one thing that I could stop doing that I would stop doing? Something inside of you will float or make itself known. But the trick is you must want to know the truth no matter how elementary or hard it may be to look at. Prayer is how we reach out and seek the truth. It guides our sight. So, to the question, where do I look? Today's title. We must, as individuals, as a community, begin to ask what we are supposed to do and allow the sometimes quiet but difficult truth to exist. Paul's writing hints at this idea. He urges everyone to stop what they're doing the mourner, the rejoicer, the owner, the survivor. Stop what you're doing and listen to your internal compass. Orient yourselves towards your truth. As a community, many of us will have competing ideas. We may not agree, but we can still disagree and commit to change 
if it means we do it together. We must dare to open our eyes and look, see the world as it exists in this present moment, void of the past and the future. Third and finally, a way to think about salvation. And a way I would like to frame it today is wholeness. Salvation as wholeness. Perhaps some of you have heard salvation only in the context of an afterlife. The Greek word soteria means both salvation and healing. Its meaning is best understood as a liberation of physical danger and spiritual sin. And to those who are asleep right now during my Theo Ed lecture, I apologize, but I promise I'm almost to the point. The Greek word for sin is hamartia, meaning to miss the mark. The word is derived from the archery language. So think of a bowman failing to hit the bullseye. That's what sin means in its original form. Sin and salvation are often ambiguous and lofty subjects for a Christian person. They are not easily understood and their interpretations have been weaponized over time. For me, they have a practical application to my daily life. Drawing from the example of the theatrical and performative Jonah, I embody my understanding of salvation to be wholeness. The internal space when I feel like the most complete form of myself. I strive to maintain that peaceful unity through faith and my orientation toward the God of my understanding. Hamartia, as the informing principle of sin, revises the idea to be reconcilable. Sin can be reconciled. Despite shooting an arrow and missing the bullseye, we have the gift to draw our strings and shoot again. Through grace, divine grace, we are endlessly flowing with the ability to shoot at the target again and again giving us the space and time needed to ask what the target is we should be aiming at. As I begin to close today's sermon, I invite you to think of my message as a conversation, not as an authoritarian directive of how a person is supposed to live, but as another source of values that can be placed in conversation with your own. Dr. Kendall Solon, the professor of my systematic theology class at Emory, offered a powerful perspective when listening, praying, or reading any sacred material. Think of the things you hear as an expansion of the sacred. In the context of Paul's letters, despite their antiquated language and codes, we can expand patriarchal voices by adding to what is there. Adding the truth of our, of our contextual reality today means expanding the language to accompany these new insights instead of taking things away. We as Christians can begin to understand our own stories in the same light, but we must dare to look at what could be expanded upon instead of censoring the reality of what lies dormant in those words. I challenge each of you as you leave here today to identify a place you can expand where is more story that you can write? You have the power to do that. And so, as we meditate on the stories given to us today, 
I challenge you, again, to identify what the target is that you're looking at. Much like a bowman, we can only hit what we see. What is it that the target looks like? How does it or does it not affect you to understand that your target is alive and in view? If I might suggest a perspective, God is what we understand the divine to be individually and collectively. God is the target. Previous leaders, mentors, or family might provide us with the raw material, essentially creating the target for us. But I want to challenge you today to see if your understanding of God is life-giving and loving, or if it produces something else. And no matter what, dare to look at it and expand if you wish. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.